Well, I am pleased to be joined by Paul Hodgins from uh, Ginger, uh, which is a shared transport uh, initiative, and, and we're going to learn more about that. But you have a background, Paul, it's fair to say, in local government. You've been a councillor for some years, but before that you had a very strong career uh, with Virgin Media as well, which I suspect has set you up quite well to be doing the work that you're doing uh, today. Uh, could you tell us, start by telling us a little bit about Ginger and, and, and what it does? Yeah, thanks, Simon. I'm very good to be um, uh, speaking to you again, and in, in these in these very difficult and uh, and, and strange times. But uh, it's always good to see that uh, everybody's healthy these days when uh, when we're speaking. Um, but but that's right. So so Ginger is a uh, British micro mobility company, and what that means today in normal language is small vehicles, and and in particular. Um, at the moment, e-scooters and e-cargo bikes are our particular focus. But ultimately, this is all about giving people better options for transport, uh, and in particular, getting people on into smaller vehicles. Yeah. Um, the, the, most most car journeys, most van journeys around the UK today are with just one person in the car. Uh, the vast majority of the rest are with only two people in the car, and they tend to be for short distances. So even though it's, uh, I'm very supportive and we want to get all of our vehicles uh, changed over to electric uh, or hydrogen as well, the big uh, cars and, and vans are still not a very efficient way to get around, even if they are uh, electric, just because of how they're, how they're being used. So with all the innovation that's happening today in vehicles, we've got a great opportunity to give people better options in these smaller, more personal vehicles of it. And of course, there's there's always been there's been a push for many years on bikes, um, and now e-bikes coming along, and now e-scooters and e-cargo bikes for for businesses and and families, and so we've got a great opportunity to be improving our uh, our transport, and and of course this is all um, uh, over the longer term being pushed by just having better better streets, better communities, um, uh, the real focus now on air quality. And um, and climate change, uh, of course. But of course, now we have uh, the additional acute pressure of COVID, and the, and the pressure on uh, public transport, and which is now happening again, um, uh, where uh, we're, we're understandably trying to recommend to people to only use public transport where absolutely necessary. Uh, and so, but at the same time, we don't want everybody getting back in their cars for, for all the reasons I've, I've just talked about. So the government back in uh, March announced that it was going to uh, to create pilots for these new vehicles and for e-scooters around the country, which is now starting uh, to happen. Um, and uh, so, you know, we've, we've got the next 12 months to really demonstrate that we can that we can provide better transport in the UK with these new vehicles. So Ginger, as uh, we've had the first pilot in the country, uh, in the Tees Valley. So since the beginning of, since the middle of July, um, we've been uh, piloting e-scooters starting in Middlesbrough, um, but then we uh, then we expanded that to uh, Hartlepool and Redcar as well, where we've been going for a couple of months now, and uh, hopefully soon we'll be in Darlington and uh, and, and Stockton. Um, uh, as well, just uh, getting that further across the, uh, the Keys Valley. Uh, we're now we're now also live in Milton Keynes uh, and in Stafford, 
and we've got seven or eight more locations around the country that we are um, going to be introducing e-scooters to over the next uh, uh, next couple of months. So, and it, and it's been going, you know, it's been it's been going very well, and people have uh, have adapted to them extremely well. Um, you know, been very excited about uh, about about e-scooters. They they are they are very fun to ride, which is a big part of the attraction and 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 the reason why people will uh, will choose them. But you know, it's it's been talked for a long time, and and now it's going. And it's it would be fair to say, would it not, that most people's perceptions of e-scooters would really be uh, around large cities, whether that's London or Barcelona or other uh, European cities that they might have visited. So piloting it in the northeast, it, I know there are some large cities up there, Newcastle, etc. But nevertheless, where you are piloting it is a bit different to where people would expect to see them. What's the reaction been? How how are they? How are they being? Are they being taken up? What's yeah, absolutely, and that, and that's and that, and that's that's absolutely right. And even with the even with some of the shared bike schemes, they tended to be just in the center of of large cities and and serving um, some residents, but serving a lot of the, the occasional use market, including uh, including tourists. And now we've got um, real opportunity to show that you know that they are useful for residents everywhere, and wh whether it's a large city, whether it's a town sort of semi-urban, uh, and we believe as well, uh, rural uh, environments, um, that, it, that it can be used for day-to-day -day transport uh, and, and be used uh, both in terms of convenience and to get to locations in, in those areas, but also at a price point. They've been, they've been a little bit expensive in, in Paris and some of the other cities to be using them on a, on a daily basis. So uh, we set out in Middlesbrough to really show uh, that they can be that they can be used on a day-to-day -day basis for transport um, for residents, uh, and, uh, and and so we've made them comparable to public transport. They're they're two pounds for twenty minutes, and in twenty minutes you can get you know three plus miles on uh, on on a vehicle. So they so they really can can serve uh, most of the routes with, within that time, and and of course you know with with Things, things having gone through what we've gone and and um, you know the the visitor market uh, everywhere in the UK not being what it is it really has been about local residents uh, using them and so you know in in uh, in Middlesbrough alone we've had um, uh, you know uh, over over five thousand rides um, we we've had uh, it's been over twenty five thousand miles that people have done. Um, uh, on them, and so and you know usage is, has remained strong um, uh, right throughout. So people are people are uh, uh, absolutely showing that the, that it can be used on a, on a daily basis, and people are are saying um, you know it's a it's a it's a great addition to uh, to the transport options. Um, there there have also of course been many people just getting out and spending time going out and. And, and seeing Middlesbrough and Hartlepool and, uh, and Redcar uh, on them. But you know, a good percentage are, are now uh, using them for just point-to-point -point, um, uh, transport. And so now what we've done is we've introduced it in a controlled way. Um, so putting limited numbers out with a, with a few places that you can take them to and from. And we're now looking to ex extend the parking locations um, really grow the number of uh, the number of scooters and the number of locations 
people can go to and from and now that people are used to it um, and you know all the stakeholders have been accustomed to it uh, starting to expand it and, and make it more useful so it's been very well accepted and and now having said that of course uh, it being transport um, of course there are always the, the the issues that come with transport um, so part of this early on has been about educating people about where they can and can't use them uh, about learning uh, and everybody learning you know where we're seeing uh, poor usage and 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 you get that you get that everywhere of course and you get that with bikes and you get that with with motorbikes and cars um, and so you know we've been establishing our relationship with the police for example um, in how to identify poor usage and how we get in and find that user and and either warn them or suspend them so they can't be using them anymore and uh, it, it's one of the things that that you know, the police really have seen that actually these are quite smart vehicles that you know unlike bikes if somebody's using it poorly it's quite hard to, to tell who it is and, and track them down this one as long as we know sort of where they were and the time of day we can go in and find the user and and as i say we can warn them or if it's really egregious we can we can suspend them uh, and so it gives us a lot more uh, a lot more power so Having learned that and established that, it's now about expanding it out and, and getting more more usage out of it. And just to explain to those who may not be familiar with them, the technology, I download an app, do I? And that's how I connect with it and pay for it and identify where they are and things? Yeah, exactly. So you, so you download the app, whether it's from the App Store or from, uh, from the Google Play Store. Uh, you register. Uh, you need a uh, license, so you need either a provisional or a full driving license. Um, the, the national law is that you have to be over 16, um, but but we've 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 set the rule at the moment that you have to be 18 or over, um, and we will introduce it to 16-year-olds later. But we just wanted you know more control to, to begin with. You have to you have to upload your license. So you take a picture, and it does get verified with the DVLA. Uh, and you also have to take a selfie of yourself just to make sure that it's you and it's and it's your license, uh, and all of that all of that gets checked. And then once you're registered and you've loaded on your payment details, then each vehicle has one of these funny square-looking QR codes that you just go up and you you take a picture of, and it's uh, the 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 scooter itself is connected and online, so it's. Then once you do that, then it will uh, open, unlock the uh, the scooter, and then you can go off, take it, and then you've got to take it, you've got to bring it back to a parking location. So our model is all about fixed parking locations, not the kind of uh, dock list, just leave it anywhere. You've got to, uh, and, and, and so it's all, uh, it knows where you are. So if you haven't brought it back to a parking location, it doesn't allow you to close it down. Uh, and you keep getting charged, so, you, so it's enforced in that way. But it's very simple. It's just through the app, unlock it, and then and then lock it back up. Um, and uh, and 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 then once you're registered, you, you only have to do that once. Um, and so it's a great thing about these these new vehicles. It, usage is is very easy. On yeah, and you talked about the revenues, Paul. Uh, is there an opportunity, perhaps even if it's not now, in the future for local authorities to share in some of that as well? Yeah, and, and we think we think that's ultimately where it will get. So right now it's about introducing it and, and working together on it. Um, but you know, we as operators are you are using uh, public space, 
and um, and and so we would we would see that there would be uh, uh, in the future a revenue share uh, in, in in whatever way with uh, with local authorities. Um, but it but it's also you know what we want to do is work with local authorities, but also local businesses, um, because you know, to to start with, you know everybody thinks about the commuting markets and the uh, and the home market and the, and the personal market, but also you know. All the things about better trans transport apply equally to businesses as they do to um, uh, do to individuals, and quite often the usage throughout the day is complementary. So when you know, in, and in normal times when people have been at work um, and therefore maybe not using it quite as much, that's when a lot of the business traffic uh, happens. And so you know, it's in that we're now moving into the phase of wanting to work with uh, with businesses in the Tees Valley and elsewhere. Uh, in order to do that, but then also be developing, um, you know, helping to develop new technologies around. It. So we think this is going to be a very big part of transport in the future. And of course, transport in the transport industry has been very important to the UK um, uh, in, in terms of technology and as an export industry. Um, and we've got to make sure that we that we continue on that because otherwise it's all going to happen elsewhere and we don't want more examples of Google and Amazon where you know we're great users of it in the UK but actually the technology and, and the value is all uh, all created elsewhere and so working with companies to be developing uh, apps to be integrating it with other forms of transport to be getting in manufacturing uh, in this in this new form of transport you know th those are where you know the real opportunities are now, but I think, I think where local authorities and local businesses have to start thinking about now as much as just okay, introducing them and, um, uh, and, and, and providing better transport, because we've got to make sure those jobs uh, are, are going to be there and the technology development uh, is here and going to be strong in, in the UK. And as I say, the rest of the world has a, has a bit of a lead on this because the UK has been a laggard uh, in terms of the law, but the, but the technology development in the, the industry uh, is going to be just as important. And you know, we're very excited in particular about our relationship with the Tees Valley because they're very ambitious uh, in that. Um, and we've got some, some very good early uh, partnerships where we're going to be developing all the strategic part of this and uh, we'd like Tees Valley to be a leader in that in the, in the country and and you know there's the opportunity for that elsewhere as well. Right. And you just touched upon an issue that I wanted to raise which is the legislation. Uh, I, I think I saw recently that there was some demand to get the Department for Transport to sort of move ahead on this whole agenda because we have lagged behind haven't we in terms of legislation for e-scooters etc. Where are we at at the moment? Yeah. So, 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 the, so, um, and and I think what you were seeing was the uh, parliamentary uh, uh, select committee on on transport was was recommending that that this becomes legalised and, and over time. And um, so, where we are now is that the pilot period lasts for the next twelve months. Um, so, so probably to next September or so. But but you know the the, the pilots are starting in a, in a staggered fashion, but sort of over the next twelve months. And then, and then after that, then the intention is that EFD, uh, well, in the lead up to that, then really has to look and say, okay, what's the longer term on this and, and create more longer term legislation. Uh, 
And right now, it's just the uh, the shared scooters, the rental uh, e-scooters that are legal. The private ones are not. Uh, but the DFT will be, you know, evaluating how things are going, and they've got a whole space, and there's a whole new, you know, raft of vehicle types that are coming coming along as well. Two, three, four wheel uh, vehicles that they, you know, so it's, so it's quite a strategic, complex thing that they that they've got to deal with. Um, but what 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 the plan is now is that after the pilot period, uh, then the legislation would come in, all going well. But of course, there's still the opportunity for, you know, people to be involved and to be be feeding back, um, uh, and then uh, and then we'd have the the longer term legislation. But what happens then is then it then drops down again to the local authority areas, and the the, uh, the Department for Transport obviously are legislating nationally. But it's each local authority area then decides, do they want this? Do they not want it? In what form do they want? How many operators do they want to be working at in it? So, it's, so, it, so it'll be a regulated market, we believe, uh, going forward. Just like my old uh, uh, area of telecoms. It'd be very similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's fair to say that there are some individuals that are using e-scooters now who presumably then are breaking the law effectively, I guess. Uh, they, well, they're the ones who own their own scooters and uh, yeah. and are out, or or doing it in areas where the the local authorities not allowed it. Yes, uh, mm -hmm. that, that's right. And uh, you know there there is a um, uh, I guess a, a thought out there that um, you know that 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 when when it's not legal, then then if there are people using them, then they just kind of use them anywhere. And that that it is necessary actually. We need to get in some rules and some structure and some uh, accepted usage. And so, you know, it's my view that we want to move as uh, as quickly as practical with the private scooters as well, um, because until you have the rules in place, then then people are going out and uh, and using them. Yeah, uh, like that. So that's right. Uh and, and de demand, particularly, we have to talk about the pandemic and, and COVID-19 and the lockdown and all the rest of it. We've seen a, an increase in space for uh, bicycles, e-scooters, yeah. uh, more lanes, certainly in city centres, but, but across the patch, uh, which I think is, is broadly welcomed. Uh, so uh, demand is accelerating perhaps before the legislation's in place. What, what's your experience of the pandemic? Yeah, so 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 you know the the, um, the the trigger for all of this being introduced in the UK was was because of um, uh, COVID and because you know the government saw that it needed to provide more options than public transport in, and in closed places. Yeah. And in fact, if you if you looked at the uh, numbers for the Santander bikes in the in the centre of London as as an example, uh, they have been very popular uh, and extremely well used uh, mm -hmm. throughout. And the advantage of, of those, and, it, and it's the same with e-scooters, is that even though they're shared, they're still relatively low-touch environments. You know, if you're going on a bus or you're going on the tube or a train, you're in a, you're in a closed space and you get a lot of people touching the same, same surface. Where uh, in, in these, we're able to keep them cleaned regularly. Um, they're outdoors. Um, not many people are touching the, the, the same surface, even if it's shared. So, you know, I think people are seeing them as, as, as good alternatives for uh, that shared transport. So it's, you know, demand has been very strong, e even even with that. And, and, and we've seen that in, in other examples. And now with 
sort of things building up again in the second wave. You know, we, we think it's going to be equally important, uh, if not more important, for us to be expanding the number of, of vehicles out there so that those options really are there because, um, it, it, you know, it's looking like it might be very difficult throughout the winter. And, um, and, and again, public transport's going to be only for, for really essential use. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and, and so Ginger really is a business of its time, isn't it? It's a strange how things have collided because you would have wanted Ginger to increase people not using the car, etc. cetera. Uh, but now there's a demand not to use public transport. So, so it's just come at the right time in many respects. Yeah, and well, it, you know, and, and it's, we, we, we would have rather it all, you know, the, the, the pandemic not have happened and it, and sure. it all, all happened anyway. And it's, um, but, but yes, it, it's, it's a it's it, it is a it is a, uh, a solution that 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 is there to help us during during this time, um, and so it's so it's one of the um, one of the opportunities for uh, for the UK as as I say not only to get get this in as better transport but I think you know as I say it's important for us in in the UK and for businesses to be looking and saying okay how are, how are we how are we using this how are we uh, helping to lead on this and uh, and the usage and and the technology and the innovation uh, around it as well and and uh, you get these things happening that are of their time that that you know that 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 create that that demand and that push for it. but it'll have it'll have you know much greater long term um, benefits I think as well yeah yeah and you touched upon this uh, really I've been doing quite a bit of work around smart cities the technology there. Uh, that you get in connecting e-scooters and other types, similar types of uh, uh, transport with that whole concept of smart cities and data being collected. And uh, there's a real opportunity there. Is there. Can you say a little bit more about that, Paul? Yeah, absolutely. There, so so the, these are, and you know, people are quite surprised at how smart these, uh, these vehicles are. So at the moment, you know, and I, and I see them as, as sort of very powerful floating batteries going around our, our towns and our, our, our cities with mainly at the moment, the intelligence is all about location. So the vehicles have GPS uh, trackers on them. Uh, they've got accelerometers in them so that they know kind of the, the position and whether, whether they're being moved. And of course, they're all connected with, uh, with SIMs uh, as well, but they've got speakers on them. Um, and, but, but you are starting to, you know, we, we're looking at what other, uh, technology that we can put on them uh, of, of uh, whether it be you know monitoring devices of, uh, of various forms environmental air quality monitoring uh, cameras on them um, uh, other types of other types of sensors all, all of the the sensoring and data that people are getting very excited about with autonomous cars actually can be driven in a, and, and facilitated on these smaller vehicles uh, as well, they're you know they're that powerful in terms of uh, in, in terms of the, the the batteries, and then the integration, uh, as I say, with 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 other apps and and how you get integrated transport, but um, uh, lots of other benefits. And the more you think about it, the more the more opportunities you you see in in all of that. So so right now it's you know it's it's really impressive the uh, the way that we can manage our our, our fleet, um, the way you know. It, just, just as an example, we had to do an upgrade to our, uh, to our braking uh, and, and the strength of our braking. Well, all of that was done remotely 
um, and, and overnight. So if you were talking about that with cars uh, and upgrading the control systems on cars, it would sound incredibly impressive. And then when you think about it, exactly the same thing is possible uh, with, these, uh, with these smaller vehicles. And so, you know, we know where they are at all times. We've been, we've been able to surprise some people because they, they haven't quite realized that these aren't like bikes that actually, <laughs> We, you know, we, we do know where they are and we can track them and um, uh, we can get them to talk to us and set off alarms and, and all of these kinds of things. Um, but, you know, as I say, with the additional monitoring and, and uh, you know, we're thinking about with, uh, with businesses and how you track your fleets and how you schedule your fleets and, and monitor them um, and how we can get, you know, added usage out of vehicles through this additional uh, monitoring, there are just endless opportunities uh, in that. Um, but as I say, at, at, at the same time, and I just I, I really, you know, try to stress this, it is important for us in the in the UK to be leading on this uh, and to be, you know, to be, a, to be at the forefront of this innovation. Because otherwise, if it's all just happening in Silicon Valley or if it's happening in elsewhere in Europe, if it's all happening in, in China, then we become purely consumers of this. Um, and, uh, and, and we don't have that industry here. So the places like the West Midlands, you know, that have been very uh, traditionally strong. Again, the Northeast has been very strong in, in its auto industry. Um, uh, Cambridge and Oxford in terms of, uh, terms of technology, um, uh, you know, and, and Bristol and opportunities for, for Liverpool, uh, et cetera. You know, the, the, the technology around it is just as important as, as the deployment and the usage of it. Really good. Listen, Paul, I really appreciate appreciate the update. I think uh, I think you're going to be busy for a long time to come. Actually, uh, all the best with Ginger. It's great to hear that it's going from strength to strength. It really is. Yeah, great. And very good talking to you, Simon. And we we will we will speak to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah.